Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn them over to Genesis, and uh, we're going to continue on in our study and uh, hopefully see uh, some more of what God has for us. Last um, um, in the last study, uh, last and last sermon. Sorry, uh, we saw point number one, and we, that's all we got to. But there's a little bit more uh, scriptures that I want to cover, so you can turn your Bibles there. Uh, you see in your notes, and um, we're going to cover something else as we go along. But I, want, I just want to remind you of what we did cover uh, last week is God's decision to use us is always based on His grace. And uh, it's always been that way. Uh, we went to, uh, as I said, with the kids up to uh, Branson, and we saw uh, the show Sight and, uh, at the Sight and Sound Theater, Samson. And it is an amazing show. Uh, I, I love how they did it. They, of course, they take, you know, just like with everything, they take artistic liberty, and there's certain things that they add and change and stuff like that. But it was really uh, an amazing presentation of the story of Samson. And one of the things that w- was, again, very clear from the beginning was this character of Samson is someone that we all think of and think, man, this guy had everything wrong in his life. I mean, he was strong, but he could not get a hold of himself. He couldn't get self-control. Uh, he was a ladies' man, and, and that's all it seemed like he was living for. Uh, and we do forget that at some point in time he was living for the Lord, but um, he's listed in the, the Hall of Faith. And one of the things, again, at the very beginning they said, and they showed kind of throughout the whole play, was this, that it's by God's grace that Samson was used. Um, and they said that's, that's what it is for all of us. And again, uh, I, I was sitting there, and I, I looked over to Rochelle and said, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, we, we saw that same week that this past Sunday was just preached that uh, God's grace is the whole reason why any of us are used. Uh, we sprung forward in our study last week and saw even in the New Testament uh, the Apostle Paul saying things like this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. He said, by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And look what it says, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I... Look at this, but the grace of God which was with me. So again, the Apostle Paul knows, uh, when we think about the Apostle Paul, kind of on the flip side of, uh, most of us, on the flip side of what Samson is, we look at Samson and think, and he was was not a really good uh, example of somebody living by faith and and, and trying to live a holy life. When we think about the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority, uh, God used to write the majority of the New Testament, we think, oh man, this guy was on fire. He was living for the Lord. Of course God used him. Um, but let's be reminded, the Apostle Paul knew where he had come from and even where he was. And that's why he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I, I, I'm not anything great myself. I don't have anything great for myself and of myself. But it's only because of God's grace. And it was because of that grace and because of the perspective that the Apostle Paul had that it was God's grace, he said, That's why I labored so much harder than anybody else I knew. See, I think when we have a a better grasp of the grace of God, that we can serve God in that same way. I think it's when we lose the the, the reality and we lose 
the, the grasp on what grace really is and what it's really done for us, that's when we stop serving God with everything that we have. I'll be honest with you, I know that's for me in my life. I feel like that at any point in time that I start to kind of just coast or get comfortable or, or even get in the groove of just serving, and, and, and I forget that just this breath right now is by, by God's grace. This, this day right now is by God's grace. The, again, it, it's, it's this never-ending idea or this never-ending reality that, that salvation that I'm abiding in right now, the salvation, the eternal salvation from God Almighty is by the grace of God. I'm, I'm just in it right now. I'm, I'm, I have eternal life, and it's all by God's grace, and it's so easy for us to forget. It's all about God's grace. And so when he looks in, 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 in our lives and we see God using somebody, and a dad, God using a, 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 a mom, God using a, a minister, a worker, or, or whatever the case may be, and we say, man, they are, they are being so used of God, or they are, they are such an amazing vessel for God. And I think that word vessel is an appropriate word. We'll see that in just a second. But um, it's not because of anything great they have in themselves. It's all because of the grace of God, period. As I shared last week, we have no body, no breath. We have no country. We don't have the freedom we have. We have nothing in and of ourselves. It's all because of the Lord's blessings. Without him, we have nothing good. And the faster that we can get to that place, I said this last week, the freer we are to serve with the right perspective of those blessings. Man, if I can just get to that place in my life and stay there, that it's all by the grace of God. I, I deserve nothing but punishment and destruction because the only thing that I'm good at, that, that I have my abilities to do that I'm really good at, is sinning. My, 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 my nature from the very beginning was that. And it's only because of the grace of God that brought salvation that I'm able to do anything that pleases Him. Again, He used Jacob and that's, where we, that's what we were studying. We look at the, this, this guy who God chose, and, and, and he chose to, to work in him and through him and, and make him a chosen nation for all of the world. I mean, this guy, Jacob, who has lied to his, his dad, who has deceived his brother, who has uh, now been, been very fruitful with, with, with various women, um, God is, is using him. God is, still has a plan for him. Now, let me, let me say this by saying, uh, before we move any further. Because this happened to Jacob, it doesn't give us a, a, an allotment or doesn't give us an excuse to sin because, oh, well, Jacob did it. No, 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 no. The Bible tells us that these things are written for our admonition. So, so when we see these stories where, where, where God has, has used someone and, and, and they have messed up and, and he forgives them and they, they repent and they forgive, uh, he forgives them and his grace, in his grace, he still uses them. And it, yes, that's the way that God works, but just because we see somebody else mess up or do something wrong and then it work out for them doesn't mean that we say, oh, well, I mean, this guy did it, this lady did it, I guess I can do this. That's called foolishness. Especially when the Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. 
This is the same example uh, that we see in, in our lives today that many people look around them and, and, and while, yes, we are to be examples, we'll talk about that in a second, while we're supposed to be leaders and, and, and all those things, uh, the reality is this, is we still often look for the lowest rung on the ladder as our example, right? Amen. I mean, that's the way it happens even at our jobs. Amen? Amen. Nobody's wanting to admit this morning. <laughs> That's really what it is, right? Because I, I remember uh, even when, when I was working with uh, both the, um, the school district and the, uh, the city of Saginaw, and I, I remember thinking um, these guys who had been there for 20 years, and they, they were working, and, 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 and you just have this idea in your mind, and then you start working with them, and then reality hits, and you realize some of these guys don't do nothing but drive around all day. <laughs> In, in a cold air conditioning truck. And so as a, as a, as a young man myself, I, I start thinking, hey, I would like to just get paid and drive around an air conditioning truck too. And so you kind of, you, you, you don't necessarily look at the person who is giving their all and, and, and working all the time. Sometimes, well, if this is okay for so-and-so, then this is okay for me as well. And that's not really the right attitude, perspective, or outlook. But we do that even in our Christian lives as well. We do that in, 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 our, in our following of Jesus Christ. We, we see somebody else who calls themselves a Christian. We see somebody else who says they've been a Christian for so long. And, and, and they aren't giving their all to the Lord. And, and, and again, they're, they're maybe making concessions for this and not, not doing this and maybe doing this. And, and they're not concerned about the grace of God. They're just kind of existing in this. And we say, so-and-so's a Christian. And they do this and they don't do that. And, they're like this and they're not like that. Instead of looking to the one and only example, true example we have, the one that we are supposed to be following, truly, and that's Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul even, even realized his, his own ability to fall short, and that's why he told the Corinthians in that same book, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. The moment that I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. Don't look to me, but follow me as I'm following Christ. As long as I'm following Christ, then follow me. Again, we left off in John chapter 15. That's what I want to pick up a little bit this morning. It, it kind of leads into our second and last point. I think it's very appropriate for this day as we're celebrating our fathers. And so, uh, if you will, let's pray, and then we'll jump into what uh, this last point is. Father, thank you so much for this time again. We thank you for you, for being uh, our great father. Lord, thank you for being... Uh, everything that we need lord we realize that you are a father to the fatherless you are um, the the love of our lives god uh, you're everything that we need and and so much more lord, we are so thankful for you thank you for providing for us uh, and we are thankful for our our earthly fathers god thank you for uh, the privilege that we have uh, those of us who are fathers to be uh, those influencers those people that are hopefully used by you to impact the next generation and the next generation uh, for your glory and for your kingdom. And I pray that this morning uh, our hearts and our lives would be open, that we would be in tune to what you have uh, for us, that, that we'll walk away from this place both challenged and encouraged, uh, built up, and, and even convicted if needed. But Lord, just have your way this, this morning. I pray that you just use me, speak through me, uh, just as a vessel so that you would be glorified in you alone. Again, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We ask you to move now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, so in uh, John, I know I told you to turn to, to Genesis 30. You can keep your place there. John chapter 15, though, is what we're going to look at for just a, a few minutes. Uh, in verse 1, Jesus explains the way that we, we can be used and the purpose of our being used in such an amazing way. I love this. Look at verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. Now remember, point number one was this, that uh, God's decision to use us is based on his grace. And so Jesus is starting to explain uh, what, what this looks like of being used or, or the, the, the productivity, the effectiveness, the, the purpose of our life, why we even would exist on this earth. And, and John chapter 15 is so, so rich in this. It says, again, every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And he says this, now, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Now look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. I, I think it's, it's, as I said a while ago, go back to this idea that we, we lose focus that it's all by the grace of God in our lives. Um, we, can, we can show up for church. Uh, we can um, try to live the life that God wants us to live. We can try to be that, that Christian. But the truth is this, if we're not abiding in Christ if we're not having that intimate connection and fellowship with him if we are not in line with him in line with his will in line with his way if we aren't that then the reality is this we can do absolutely nothing that brings glory to the father so so when some people say you know you just need to fake it till you make it I would say that's an absolute lie I would say that we need to repent and we need to get in line, get back connected, abiding in the vine. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a hurt, maybe there's a low, maybe there's, there's something that's keeping us from thriving the way that we are designed and called to thrive. But at no point in time does, does, does any of the bushes in my garden, in, in our flower bed at our house, um, fake it till they make it. They're either healthy or not healthy. They're either dead or alive. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, you can't do anything without abiding in the vine, without being connected to the vine and getting all of your strength, all of your source, all of your needs, all of your everything. From me, you can't do nothing. And again, I would say that's why so, so many Christians get disconnected and get disenchanted and even pull back from, from the things of God and the things that we're called to do in this world and called to be in this world is, is because we, we think that going through the motions or we think that doing the stuff, being, you know, playing the part is going to suffice. It will never suffice. We will always burn out. We will always, always lose life when we're not connected to the vine. So if you're here this morning and say, I'm just here. I'm not really feeling like I'm alive and I'm not really feeling like I'm thriving. I'm, I'm not, I feel like that I do go through the motions more often than not. Then my encouragement and my challenge to you is 
figure out where the disconnect happened, figure out what's gone wrong, because I promise you this, you won't last going like that. Find out how to get back connected and abiding in Christ. It's only going to happen through his word. It's only going to happen through a, an intimate connection with him. It's only going to happen by us humbling ourselves and, and even repenting of any sins that, that, that are in our lives, whether they're sins that we've committed or, or, or sins in a way that we haven't done anything. But the only way for us to thrive and have life is to abide in Christ. Again, Jesus is the source of any production of any life in the kingdom of God, he clearly explained that we have nothing to contribute in and of ourselves. That's good. And I, I don't want to miss the key in all of this. If you saw, it's an absolute or, organic, it's, it's absolutely a, a healthy, organic situation. This connection to Jesus that enables the production. So, so let's, not, let's not be mistaken that uh, no matter how much talent, no matter how much knowledge, no matter how much uh, ability or, or how long you've been a Christian or all those things no matter what we have to bring to the table are in and of ourselves without the connection to Jesus Christ there's nothing there's no true production now, I don't, I don't want to grasp the, uh, I don't want to move on until we grasp this because this is this is very important uh, for us to grasp look at verse 2 again every branch that bears fruit he also purges it why, why would, why would a, a good, healthy branch ever be touched? Why, why would you ever mess with, with, with that, that branch that's coming off of that tree or that branch that's coming off of that bush? It, it looks normal. It's got leaves on it. Why, why would you ever mess with something that looked like it was okay and like it was good? Let's, let's make this a little more like in, in our terms. Why would anything ever change in our life? Why would, why would anything negative have to come along? Why would any, any uncomfortable circumstances or any trials or any tests have to come our way when everything in our life, our relationship, our, our ministries seemed like it was just fine the way it was? It's just, it's just good. It's, it's okay. I, why, why, why does anything have to be stirred? Why does anything have, look, look what Jesus said. Look, if, if you're a good fruit, I mean, you're a good branch. You're going to bring forth fruit. And every branch that brings forth fruit, I'm not just going to let you sit out there and be all nice and green. I'm going to purge you. I'm going to trim you back. I'm going to, I'm going to scale, scale it back for a season. Why? If he says that it may bring forth more fruit. We've got um, shrubs that we planted and, uh, along the front of the, the parking lot across the street. And, um, you know, they, some of them seem to be doing better than others. And we've, we've had to replace some of them. Some of them died and, and uh, experienced that similar thing in, in our uh, flower bed. Matter of fact, uh, it happened this year. But each year uh, in, in our flower bed, our house, um, I, I try to go out there and, and snip off uh, certain things that need to be purged and cleaned and in the process uh, you know that there are certain branches and certain parts of those those bushes that that tend to, to look like they've grown a little more than others and so so what I do is is if it's if it's a, 
a, a more tender bush or whatever, more leafy uh, than, than I have these, these shears that I go and I, and I, and I tri trim it to make it look uniform, to make it look like it's, it's one, one bush together, right? Not, not, not a bush with several different branches doing their own thing, but, but each of the, 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 the branches get trimmed off so that it looks like a unified bush, right? And so when I go in there and I trim off those dead branches, and then also in the process, again, these ones that seem to be thriving. I mean, they're strong. They're growing taller than some of the rest of the, 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 the bush there. I mean, they are, they're, and they're green. There's not really anything wrong with them. Why in the world would, 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 would somebody go along with scissors or, or, or with, a, uh, with hedge trimmers and, and trim off those longer, more thriving, more vibrant, stronger-seeming branches just to, to, to make it look uniform, just to make it unified? Well, I would say that's part of the process is, is when the purging and when the, when the trimming goes on, that unification is, is, is part of the, the process, is part of the, part of the outcome. But every year, no, no, no doubt, when I trim back those, those healthy branches, do you know what happens when, when I cut those, those healthy branches off? At the right place, you know what happens? Some of you know what happens. There's, there was one branch, right? And at the end of this branch was, was some, a couple of leaves, right? And when, when I snipped that, that branch off, and after it recovers from that, that short time of, of trauma, where there was one branch, there tends to grow three or four or five other branches out from where that purging went on. Anybody ever seen anything like that? So, so, so we get it, right? We, we get these earthly examples. We, we see in, 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 in our own flower beds, we see in, in these bushes that when, when we go in there and we need to trim it so that it all looks like one bush and it doesn't look like a, an absolute complete mess, we, we, we trim it back and we, we do that. And in the process of this trimming and purging, these, these healthy, these strong, these, these seemingly vibrant and, and, and thriving branches get trimmed back. And what may actually initially seem like a negative is, is an absolute positive to bring forth more fruit. So, man, I don't really like this where this is going. <laughs> I share with people that come and they say, you know, I, I feel like God's called me to minister or I feel like I want to do more for God. I, I feel like that, that, that I'm thriving, I'm growing, and I, and I want to do more. I want to I I serve God more. And every single time I, 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 I encourage them, praise God, and that is awesome. That is such an encouragement. Uh, encouragement. I love that. But I always come with that, that, that warning on the backside, not to be a pessimist, not to be a downer, not to be, but just a, a reminder of what Scripture tells us that, Okay, get ready, because number one, the enemy's going to come, and he's going to try to completely attack you so that you don't go down that path. He's going to try to keep you from doing more and serving more and giving more and, and being more productive in the kingdom of God. But if you'll yield to the Lord in the process and through those trials and through that difficulty, then God will trim you back. And it may be difficult and it may not be fun and it may be hard in that season of, 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 of recovery and, and, and strengthening uh, to, to bring forth more fruit. It may take longer than what you actually want it to take. But in the end, if you'll stay yielded to the Lord, you'll end up producing more fruit for His glory than you would have before. 
Many times we see the Lord coming with those shears, right? We see him coming with the hedge trimmers, and we're like, no, 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 Lord. Look, I'm a taller branch, you know? I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm on a good, good uh, plane. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm serving you. I'm, I, everything seems to be good in my life. Why are you going to trim me back? Why does it got to become difficult now? This year we tried to uh, move two bushes. Well, let me, let me say this. Right. Rochelle wanted to move the bushes, and I agree with her, but I didn't want to do the work. That's just the I, I just, I was like, man, I don't. I was trying to figure out any way that we could do it to where we don't have to do that. Well, in the end, she was right. We needed, we needed to do something with these bushes. And so, in, you know, when I get in work mode, I'm just, I'm in go. It's time to go. We need to get it done. Okay, so what we were going to do is we're just going to, right, well, let's get rid of these bushes. That's what we're just going to do. So here, here I go. I go in there, and I just grab the, the, the bushes by the bottom of them, and I start ripping and pulling and, and yanking them out of the ground. And, and some of the, 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 the root ball stayed with one of them. And the other one was just, I mean, it was just ripped plumb apart. All the roots, all, all, everything that it needed to, to, to stay alive was left in the ground. And there are those two bushes. They were done. It was clean. All right, let's, let's figure out what it's going to look like. So, so we went through that process. And then, again... Well, maybe it would look better if it was, this one was here and this one was here. But I had, I had ripped these bushes out, pulled them out. The damage was done. And despite the amount of water that I put on them, and I put root stimulator, the prob- the, they say the best that you could put on there, root stimulator, water, root stimulator, water, fertilizer, water, had plenty of sun, it was a good soil, good soil, all these things, everything was right for those bushes to thrive, but the problem was, is how they were removed that did the damage. What do you think happened to those bushes They gone. <laughs> they died. The, 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 the first one that, that most of the, the, the healthy root ball was destroyed and, and was removed from, I mean, it started looking bad within a couple days. And we, we were already saying, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if it's going to thrive. It was dead. The other one was shortly after it. It's because of how it was removed. I think... I share that because I think it's a, a perfect illustration of what happens even in the church. See, God comes along and, and, and you're a member of, if you're a member of this church, he, you're going to go, just, we just got to know this. There's going to be times that God comes along and purges and he trims and it's going to be a little more difficult, a little more uncomfortable, a little, 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 little uh, you know, tougher to, to make it through and, and to stay faithful and to stay steadfast. There's going to come those times that God allows those trials and, and, and the enemy's going to try to attack and, and use it for his purpose. But God's going to allow it to see about his purpose to come about. And so he'll trim and he'll purge and he'll, he'll do that so that we bring forth more fruit so that he's glorified because we'll see that in just a second. But at any point in time, if as a member of the Lord's church, if you disconnect or as I did with those bushes, if you uproot yourself from the source, 
Christ. As a part of his tree, as a part of his vine, as a part of his bush, which is his church that he's placed you in. And even if you try to plant yourself somewhere else, it's never going to be healthy. It's never going to be healthy. So there's a healthy way to do it. There's, there's a right way to transplant. There's a right way to do that, but when it's just uh, disconnected and, and uprooted and, and it's done in the wrong way, then there's never a healthy outcome, a good outcome. And see, that's what happens. I was, we were just had, our, had our men's cookout yesterday, our Father's Day cookout, and we were talking, and, and some of us were having that conversation that, that that's the way it is, though, in, in, in our Americanized uh, version of what church is today we, we we just get upset with things and things don't go away because that's what we're used to and that's how we're used to uh to, to living right that that that's what society tells us today to, to do right that's what society tells us to do you do you you do what you want to do you do what makes you happy that's what that's what we're told and so when things don't make us happy and things don't go our way and things get difficult and things get hard and the trimming and the purging and all those things come, come about and the Lord wants to, maybe he's, maybe he's correcting us. No, he's not correcting me. Okay, maybe he's purging, he's trimming, he's trying, he's testing. He's, he's wanting to grow and see more fruit grow. And, and, but we don't like it and so we get upset at that person. We get upset at that ministry. We get upset at the church. We get upset, upset at the pastor. And we do those things and then we just yank ourselves out of it and then we try to go and, 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 and plant somewhere else and it never thrives. It never thrives. And I'll say this. I, I can attest at being in church for almost 40 years and being in ministry for almost half of the 40 years. But I've seen this play out exactly like clockwork. Time, unfortunately, and time again. Someone disconnects. They get mad. They get upset. Or maybe they just start serving themselves. They start serving the world. They start serving uh, uh, some other little God in their life. And it's just a matter of time. And the inevitable happens. For pastors and for church members alike, it's heartbreaking. But let's also be encouraged, those who are connected. Those who are connected and producing for the kingdom. Those who are faithful and staying serving and pouring into others and, and helping others hear the gospel and, and see reproduction come about, right? Because that's, that's what happens. Whether it's, it's pollen or seeds, you know, our, our, we've got this thing, it was called crepe, crepe myrtle. Is that what it's called? At the, at the end of our, our flower, and, and every year around this time, it, it'll start to bud and flowers come out. And, and, and there's a purpose in that. And, and, and these bushes in our, in, our, in our flower bed as well have little uh, flowers sometimes that, that come out and seeds and, and, and uh, bees and, and other hornets and stuff like to nest in there and, because they can easily get to the pollen. And, and, and so there's this process of reproduction that happens and growth. It's all a part of God's design. The same thing in the church for his kingdom. There are seeds to be sown. We are to give them out so that souls can be born into the kingdom. 
That happens in various ways. It should be happening at our jobs. It should be happening in our neighborhoods. It should be happening in our community. It, 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 it's happening through a deliberate effort through our church, through what we call outreach or soul winning. But it's us. Those who are faithful, those who are a part of it that go through that as well. We're going to go through those times. We're going to go through that trimming. We're going to do, th- do all of that. But it's just, just as those bushes in, my, in our flower bed do god wants to bring forth three four five ten times more fruit than what we were previously producing what is what is the fruit of a christian what is fruit in our life now somebody says well it's the um uh the fruits of the spirit no those those should be in every christian's life and and that's what we should be uh, producing in, in, our, in our actions, attitude, and speech. Absolutely, yes. I mean, we should, we should have love, patience, self-control, you know, all those things. That, that should be because of the Spirit living inside of us. The fruit of the Spirit should be made manifest in our life because we are walking in the Spirit and not walking in the flesh. That's just the, the way it's supposed to be in our life. But what, is our, what does it mean when Jesus said, uh, every branch in me that doesn't bring forth fruit, I cut off, but every branch that does bring forth fruit, I purge it so that it can bring forth more fruit. What's the fruit of a Christian? What's the fruit of a Christian? More Christians. That's what the Lord wants from our life. So when we, we look at the way that things get negative, we start getting purged and trimmed and, and our life starts to get a little more difficult. We say, I, I, don't, I don't like the way things are going right now. We need, we need to yield them. Because God wants to do something in our lives so that somebody else will come to know him. So that other people will be born into the kingdom. That's the whole purpose of our lives. See, that's where he's going in all of this. And we can't finish all of that. Romans chapter 6 says this. It says that we're not supposed to yield ourselves or our members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but to yield ourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and our members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We have a choice in this. As I said a while ago, yield in the process. That's what God wants from our life is for, in his grace, for us to yield our lives as an instrument that would bring other people into his kingdom. That's why we're still breathing. That's why we're still alive. That's the, that's the ultimate end of our meeting here today and, and, and worshiping our God together is, is that we'll be unified and we'll stay unified in this purpose of while we're still breathing. Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels that's got to get to those who are in darkness. And God's will for us is that we would bring forth fruit. And if, when you get time, you look at uh, John chapter 15, verse 8. He says this, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bring forth much fruit. It's not that, oh, I've led somebody to Christ before. Your life's not done. You're still breathing. You're still alive. He wants you to to, to lead other people to Christ. 2 Timothy tells us that in a great house, there's vessels of honor and there's vessels of dishonor. And if we would purge ourselves from what's dishonorable, we would be a vessel of honor, meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. See, in, in Romans chapter 6 and in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it, it gives us some, some very clear words that we have to hear, that we have to yield, and that we've got to, we've got to make sure that we, we purge ourselves, that we make ourselves available to the Lord. Because just like Jacob, 
did for Laban, and just like the Apostle Paul did for so many other people, and just like many in this room have done in your life since you've been a Christian, this is the point. Point number two as the musicians come is this. God's desire is that we impact others for him. That's, that's what he wants. From, he, he wants to use your life as, as a vessel that brings glory to him. And how that happens is we impact others, that, that we bear fruit that brings him glory. That's what God wants from our life. And you say, but Brother Kyle, I don't know enough. I'm not, I'm not bold enough. I don't, I, 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 I'm not good enough. Go back and look at point number one. None of us are good enough. If God uses us, any of us, it's all by his grace. We have to yield. We have to submit. So my questions, I have some questions this morning. Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16 says that we're the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its purpose, what's it useful for? It's not even, it's not even useful for fertilizer. It tells us that we're the light of the world. Why? He goes on to say, so let your light shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So my question is this. This morning, how are you deliberately and directly influencing others for the kingdom of God? Make it personal. How are you deliberately and directly impacting others for the kingdom of God. And in that question, is it a good influence or a bad influence? Let me ask it like this. In your life, are you leading other people to Christ? To his church? To his kingdom? To his call? To his ways? Are you leading others to him? Or are you pulling them away? How do we do that? We do that through our attitude, our actions, and our speech. Does your attitude towards the Lord and His, his kingdom, His church, uh, to, to His call, to, to, all, to His mission of saving the lost, does your attitude towards those things, do, do, does it cause the lost to want to know more? Does, does our actions, do, do what we do, how we live our life, does it cause the lost people out there to say, what is that all about? What is that light? What is that salt? Does, does our speech, does it point others to the kingdom? Are you submitting or are you yielding? I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning. As fathers, as men, as ladies, as Christians, this is the opportunity we have right now. It's a gift of grace by God. God wants us to bring forth fruit. He wants us to impact others for his glory. How is that happening in our lives? Are we yielding ourselves as instruments of righteousness? Are we, are we, are we purging ourselves of what's dishonorable so that we can be those vessels of honor that's meat, that's ready, prepared for him to use to draw others to him? Again, I'm not worthy. Nobody in this room is worthy. It's all by God's grace, but he wants to use us. He wants us to impact others. And whether we realize it or not, we are impacting other people. Dads, grandpas, you're impacting your kids. 
So dads and grandpas, let me ask you that question. Are you causing your kids to want to know more about Christ? To be more involved in his kingdom? Or are you pulling them away? Moms, Christians, what are we doing? Are we causing others to want to know what it's like to abide with Christ? Are we pulling them away? If you're here this morning and you've never made a decision in your life to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never surrendered your life because maybe you've tried to be a good person or maybe try to do it your way or go to church or whatever, but you never came to a place where you said, God, I'm sorry, I know I'm a sinner. I realize you died on the cross and you rose from the dead to save me from my sins and I surrender my life to you today. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to come today and let someone show you in God's word even more about how you can have a relationship with Christ because your life has purpose. He wants to use you. He wants to use all of us. Let's yield ourselves to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message. And again, this reminder, God, that we don't deserve anything in and of ourselves. But because of your great love for us, you, you've given us your grace. You've given us this call to serve you. And you want to use everybody. If you use Jacob, we, we, we see that you used him. And we realize we, you still want to use us because we have breath in our lungs. And I pray that we would get the message this morning to yield ourselves to you. I pray that we would be challenged with that, that question of, of who are we impacting and how are we impacting them. We realize you want to use our lives like that, and so I pray that we would take a hard look at it. Maybe there's some in here that are going through the purging process or have been through it, and, and maybe their, their thought is, is, is to, to just uproot themselves and, and, and get rid of the, the, the difficult time and, and get rid of the, the heartache and, and the, hard, the hardship. Lord, I pray that this morning they would see in your word that it's not what your will is. Your will is that they would be purged to bring forth more fruit. Lord, help us all remember this. I pray you move now in this invitation and be glorified in it. We ask and pray it all in Jesus' name.